If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the One Cause Church podcast with Pastor Eric Holler. Good morning. Oh, so good to see all of you here today. How many of you glad that you're not in the, in the graveyard today? Amen. Well, it, maybe there's some of you who wish you were, but I'm glad you're here in church. I'm very glad that you came to One Cause and you're not in the hospital today. Well, you could be in a lot worse situation, but praise God, you're here. And I'm yeah. happy that you're here, and uh, you're welcome. All of you who are here for the first time, welcome. Really happy to have you with us here, and uh, we believe that you are an answer to our prayer and that we always have a place, a seat for you right here at One Cause Church. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Uh, just to uh, let you guys know that we launched our service last week in Dallas, last Sunday, our 3 o'clock service, and it was great. We had 55 there. And five first-time guests with us. So we're excited about our new growth. Are we excited about our new expansion there in Dallas? And uh, very happy to be in the hood in Dallas, in, one, in <laughs> Oak Cliff. Grateful to be there. I mean, you know, this is, we are a light in a, in a, in a dark place. And it, I'm not just saying Oak Cliff is a dark place, but it's got its reputation. And uh, as a matter of fact, Friday night, um, somebody actually tried to break into our church there. And fortunately, we have Denny. Has anybody ever, y'all know who Denny Horton is, right? He's, well, it takes both of those doors for him to get, to be open for him to get through. And uh, he's a big man, and he's, he's very intimidating looking. He's got this big beard and these tattoos, but he's just like a, he's just a sweetheart of a man. But Denny lives there at the church and watches over our facilities so he told me, I called him Saturday morning because he had sent me a text late that night, like midnight Friday night. And so I got up that morning and called him to check on him. He said, yeah. He said, I heard this noise. He lives upstairs. I said, I heard this noise. And I, said, and I look out the window and lo and behold, there's a man trying to get in the, the door to the church. And he said, I just hollered down at him. Hey, what are you doing? The man said, oh, uh, I was just watching somebody walk by. And he said, that doesn't even make any sense. He said, I'm sorry, and ran off and got in a car and took off. So uh, that'd be scary to have that guy look out a window at you at night. But uh, So we're grateful to have Denny as well as God and his angels watching over that church. So, uh, <laughs> hey, listen, anytime you begin to do the work of God, you are going to have resistance. You're just going to have it. The light shines and the darkness is exposed. And uh, so the, I got encouraged about that. I got excited about that. Not about Denny being in danger, but about the devil being in danger. Yeah. Because we're there to make sure that we take some ground there. Right. That we expand and grow the kingdom of the living God right there in Oak Cliff at yeah. One Cause Church. As well as here, of course. But uh, I'm, I'm just excited. But anytime you take steps like that and you begin to grow in the things of God, you're going to face resistance. Hello, we live in a world, right? And we understand that the devil is real and he hates us and he's going to do everything he can to discourage us and keep us from doing what God has called us to do and being that light. So, hey, we made the devil mad. Woohoo! <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let's keep making him mad. I don't yeah. care. Amen. Because here's the truth. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. He can, do every, he can do whatever he wants to do, but it will be rendered powerless. Because I just happen to believe that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Every tongue that rises against us in judgment, we will condemn. Amen? Are you out there today? How many of you believe that, we, that Jesus really did render the devil powerless at that cross? 
For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. I believe he did it. I mean, he said, actually, it is finished. It's done. So Jesus broke the power of the devil and sin. That moment that he hung his head in death on that cross was buried in that tomb and rose again three days later. And by that, by that doing, he gave all men free access to God and power over the enemy. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. There ain't nothing to be afraid of concerning the devil. He's afraid of you. You got to remember that. Who's really afraid? He is. Amen. So, but that's not what we're talking about today. We're going to jump into Matthew chapter 16. Today I want to talk to you about faith. Faith is the master key. It's the master key. Now, there are lots of keys in the kingdom of God, but faith is the master key. Wisdom is a key. Knowledge is a key. All, there, there are keys, but faith is the master. It's the one that has access to all that God has for us. It's actually how we had entrance into the kingdom of God in the first place. If you remember, whoever believes on him will receive remission of sins. It's that, that point of faith. And then the Bible teaches us that we go from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So we enter by faith, and then we live by faith. It gives us the access to everything that God has for us in Christ Jesus. Yeah. So today we're going to look at that. We're going to Focus in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus <clears throat> here. You can go to YouVersion, your YouVersion app, if you happen to have that on your phone or electronic device, and I've got some notes for you to follow along with here today. This says, Matthew 16, uh, verse 16, Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon, because Jesus was asking them, Who do men say that I am? And they said, Well, some say Elijah, some say John the Baptist, blah, blah, blah. He said, Yeah, but who do you say that I am? And then, Jesus, and then Peter said, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, Blessed are you, Simon of Jonah, the for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. That is upon this revelation that the Father gave you, upon that revelation that Jesus Christ is the Christ. He is the Son of the living God. The church will be built. Because as we saw this morning, he is the chief cornerstone, and everything else is built off of him. Hallelujah. The church is being built off of Christ. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Now, I know that there are times that I've, we've read this scripture, we've heard it. Whatever you do here, heaven follows. Heaven will do it too. If you bind it here, it's bound in heaven. If you loose it here, then it's loose in heaven. But the Amplified gives us a little bit more into this truth. And in verse 19, it says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth, must be what is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose here on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. Because Jesus taught us that really heaven's the pattern. Heaven is, heaven is the ultimate will of God being accomplished. Right? And so we're trying to have what's, what's hap what, what happens there here. He said, as a matter of fact, pray like this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When God told Moses to build the tabernacle, he did it according to the pattern that was already there in heaven. So we're following what's going on there. Yeah. And the will of God, what does heaven look like? What, does, what, what, what are we trying to get accomplished here on the earth? What is it that we're binding? What is it that we're loosening? What is it that we're opening? What is it that we're closing? What doors? Well, we know, how many of you are going to heaven? Yeah. All right. 
How many of you are going? Raise your hand. Hold, hold it up. Hold it up. Look around you. Isn't it good to, to not be alone? Now, now here's a reality. Keep your hand up. Here's, here's a reality here. You're, okay, you, if, if you know that you know that you know that you're going to put up two hands, all right? You know that you know that you know that you're going. Now, I want you to look to the person next to you and say, you are stuck with me forever. I mean, you might, you, you might get away from me today after church, but I'm going to be with you forever in heaven. <laughs> Woo! That ought to encourage you. It shouldn't discourage you. Yeah. Say, I'm sitting by somebody else next week. <laughs> uh, well, here's the thing. We know. Why, what is it that we're so looking forward to about heaven? Well, because, because the Bible teaches us some wonderful things about heaven. Jesus said, if I go, and I need to go because when I go, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. That where I go, you can come also. I'm going to prepare. I'm building something. I'm getting, I'm getting it ready for you. Hallelujah. We also know when we read the book of Revelation about this place called heaven. That th I mean, there's this river of living water. Streets that are paved with gold. Streets made of gold. These pearl gates. This city that is built on sapphires and all kinds of precious, precious jewels and gems. And that the God of the universe is seated on this throne. And there this emerald rainbow encircles that throne. And there's thundering and there's lightning and there's people crying out, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and who is to come. And the Bible teaches us that in the ages to come, he's going to continue to unfold the riches of his grace Woo, there will be no more sorrow. There will be no more sighing, no more dying. It will all be eternal life and everything that has to pertain to life and light forevermore. Matter of fact, it says there's no need for a son to be there because Jesus Christ lights up the entire place. What an amazing place. No death, no sorrow, no lack, no sickness, no pain, no, no aches and pains anymore. Woo, no allergies up there. None of it's there. Kind of makes you want to go, doesn't it? Besides the fact that God himself is there, Jesus is there, the, the, the captain of our salvation is there. The one who made this way. Besides all the beautiful angels and all the, all the men and women of faith that I want to meet. Amen. What a glorious place. And that it's going to be forever and ever. It'll never end. Life and that more abundantly Forever. What an incredible thing. And yet, we, the reason that is, though, David taught us in Psalm chapter 119, verse 89. Let's bring that up. <clears throat> Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. See, wherever the word of God is settled, the will of God is settled. See, heaven is the ultimate of God's will. It's how we can know what God's will is. We're all looking forward to that day of all that greatness. But what's sad to me is that people don't understand that God's will is, has been enforced. It's already, I mean, the will, the will becomes enforced the moment the one who wrote it, or the one, the testator of that will, the moment they die. Right? I mean, there's, there's kind of, it's kind of a catch-22, has anybody in here ever showed up to the reading of a will knowing that you were a recipient, an heir of something from that will? Anybody here? Nobody? 
Man, you guys need to get some new relatives. <laughs> some richer relatives, something. But to be to, <laughs> to show up there, the, I mean, the great thing is, is that you're receiving something, you're inheriting something, but it's predicated upon them dying. So it's kind of like, oh, I'm sad that they die, but praise God, give me the money. Whatever it is that's coming to me, I'll take it, right? So Jesus, well, that's the whole point of it, for you to receive an inheritance. So Jesus, the Bible teaches us that he died. See, you don't get, you don't get what's in the will when you die as the recipient of the will. That makes no sense. You get it when the one who wrote it dies. And the Bible teaches us that Jesus Christ died. And the moment that Jesus hung his head on death at that cross, then the will of God became enforced. And see, what you came to do today when you came to this place is you came to hear the reading of the will. And so you come to find out what's in it for you. What is your inheritance in this kingdom of God? What is it that God has provided for you? Hallelujah. Because Jesus paid it all. And it takes this master key called faith to understand it, to get it, to have access to it. You never can get anything from God outside of faith. It is the way to receive from God. God gives us grace, and we have faith that reaches up and receives that grace. It is the recipient of his grace and all of his good things. And there in heaven, because all of, that, because all of those good things are there and the eternal life is, is eternal and forever and all those wonderful things that we look forward to are there because the word of God is settled there. So we have to, as the children of God, get it settled here. Because you really can experience heavenly things right here on the earth. Otherwise, Jesus would not have said, Pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All right? Now, see, to the natural mind, that sounds a little outlandish. Right? I mean, that means you have to believe outside of what you are experiencing. You have to see something further than that thing standing in front of you, that hindrance, that block, that mountain, that sickness, that trouble, that financial problem. You have to see beyond that in order to have access to this heavenly reality, God's will, God's word being established in your life. And it has this, it's about this key. Anybody ever lost their keys in here before? Huh? I mean, everything kind of stops at that moment, right? Your life just kind of stops. And it's a very frustrating thing when you don't have your keys with you. There's nothing more, fr I'd rather lose my cell phone any day of the week than lose my keys, some of you, I know, can't live without Instagram, and you've got to have it with you. You're like, oh, I don't have my keys, but praise God. What, what is Crystal Hexamer looking at today? What, what pictures is she taking today? <laughs> I lost my keys some time ago right here at church. Well, I thought I had. And I finally just came to the resolve that, Okay, somebody accidentally picked them up and they'll bring them back or I was just going to have to deal with not having them. And I couldn't get into my car. Thank God Heather had a spare key. You know, I didn't have a key to my house. Didn't have a key to the filing cabinet. And when that happens, you're just like, oh, man. Because you know that you own these things, yet you don't have access to those things. And that key is what gives you the access to that which is yours. Or even if you happen to work for a company and you have the key to the building, right? That is a privilege and a right that is given to you by someone who gives you that access. That key is your access. It is your authority. It is your privilege. Yeah. 
I've had to break into my own house before because I didn't have a key on. <laughs> break into my car. I was telling the earlier service this, that you go into a parking lot like at Walmart or a grocery store and you see somebody, you know, they've got their coat hanger or they've got their antenna and they're trying to get into their car. You don't even question if they're stealing that car. <laughs> Your automatic assumption is they lock their keys in there. Yeah. Right? I've been that guy. And you know what? You'll be willing to even do that. If you, if you have locked your, anybody locked your keys in their car? Right? In a public parking lot? Right? Did you feel like at that moment you needed to announce to everybody, I'm not really stealing the car. It's mine. No, you didn't care. Because you knew the car was yours, so you just started working on it. You didn't care what it looked like. You didn't care that you looked like a thief out in that broad daylight stealing a car. All right? Because it's yours. You have a right to it. Mm-hmm. See, it doesn't matter. People are going to call you all kinds of things. They're going to call you prideful. They're going to say things about you. When you start declaring what God has said, when you, when you start settling the word of God into your situation, into your life, people are going to accuse you of all kinds of, oh, you're one of those name it and claim it. You're one of those blab it and grab it. You're one of those health and prosperity people. <laughs> all the time. You're one of those. You're one of those. You're one of those. When all, hey, I'm just trying to get what God has for me. And when I do that, when I talk like that, pardon me if I don't sound like everybody else. I own this stuff by virtue of the Lord Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, the Bible teaches me that he who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give me all things? Who am I to to have a higher standard than God? To act like, oh, I'm not really after the things I live higher than that. I'm more spiritual. More spiritual than the Bible? It's this lie that the church is bought into. And what it is is false humility. That's all it is is false humility. I don't really ask for much, God. I just need my needs met. I don't want to bother you too much. Really? So you're selfish. So you're simply living life for yourself. If all you're praying about are your needs and you just getting taken care of, what about the rest of the world? So you don't want to be so blessed abundantly that it comes to you and then flows through you? You just want me and my little family taken care of, Jesus. We just want everything to be okay between us. We just want to live a safe, happy, little, fun little life. Maybe once in a while reach out and be benevolent to somebody. This is not the existence that your heavenly father has called you to live. Jesus paid too high a price for you to just have a nice little life. See, what Jesus is looking for, a church that is angry at the kingdom of darkness, a people of God who have this righteous indignation, just like we had some forefathers who got tired of the tyranny of that maniac King George and decided to do something about it and start a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. This came out of an anger toward the right thing. So you can be angry and not sin. That's what the Bible teaches us. Be angry at the, about the right thing. God is looking, the, the Bible says his eyes roam to, to and fro over there and say, who really has faith? Who will really believe me? Who's crazy enough to take me at my word and say, that's what I want? I don't care if nobody else goes with me. I don't care if they mock me. I don't care if they jeer at me. I don't care if they try to kill me. I'm going after what God has for me.
This lady bought a $250 dress. She happened to be a pastor's wife, and he had a lowly little salary. He came across the receipt that his wife had bought this dress. He was so upset. He said, honey, how in the world could you dare buy a $250 dress like that? Knowing what we make? She said, sweetheart, I'm so sorry. I, went, I walked by the window of the store, and there it was in the window. And the next thing I know, I find myself trying this dress on, and I'm standing in front of the mirror, and I can hear the devil whispering in my ear, you look fabulous in that dress. He said, you know what I do when the devil whispers in my ear? When I'm tempted like that, I tell him, get thee behind me, Satan. She said, I did do that. And he said, yeah, you look great from back here too. <laughs> oh, makes, makes me think of that, those three boys that were bragging about their dads. And one of them said, my dad owns a bank. That's how rich he is. And the next kid said, well, that, that's pretty cool, but my dad happens to own all of the convenience stores in our town. That's how rich he is. Third boy said, you guys ain't got nothing. My dad, he's a pastor. He owns hell. <laughs> they said, owns hell? He said, yeah. He told my mama last night, I overheard him telling her that the church board gave it to him last night. Okay, we got way off subject there. Now I want you to look at this. The word settled. <laughs> the word settled means to be fixed, to be determined, to be stationary. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is fixed, determined, and stationary there in heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, let's be people of faith who use our faith to get the word of God fixed, determined, and stationary in our lives. Stationary in our situations. Stationary in this earth. Hallelujah. That's what we're here for. Yeah. So as we have learned that wherever the word of the Lord is settled, the will of the Lord is settled. Hallelujah. You know... Part of the problem is that a lot of times we think that God's the one that has the keys. And so we need him to do unlocking and opening and shutting. And Lord, just lock out all the bad stuff and just let all the good stuff come in. Open up all the good stuff to my life. When God has said, now you have the keys. See, I gave you the position. That's why you had the position in Christ. That's why you are who you are today by virtue of my son. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You're the church of the living God. You're the light of the world. You're the people of God. You're the body of Christ. You have the keys. Yeah. Amen. And this master key called faith is how we are saved by grace, you have been saved through faith. We receive the Holy Spirit by faith. We pray the prayer of faith, right? We Ultimately, the Bible says we live by faith. But you know, you can pray in the wrong way too. You can pray in doubt. You can pray just out of worry. You can pray out of fear. You can pray out of just wishing, you know? Get up tomorrow morning and just hope and just wish things would just get better. Just wish that the job would get better, that, that, that the boss would... Finally see what you're doing and, and pay attention to what an awesome employee you are and that things will just get better. But you know, the truth is the Bible doesn't teach us about wishing getting results. Amen. Amen. I was, uh, and, and, and along with that wishing, adding some superstition with it. 
I was talking to uh, Bobby Baker. He was here in the early service, and he was telling me that his work, at, at his wife's workplace, they have a frog, and it's a three-legged frog, a little statue there. And he said they're convinced that because they have that three-legged frog on, at the facility, that's why they prosper the way they do as a, as a business. Because of the three-legged frog. But people are like that. I mean, you go and just talk to athletes, professional athletes. They don't change their socks or other things that they should be changing, and they don't change them for good luck. Am I right, Jeremy? He was one of them. There's just, you just get these, there's these superstitions, like put a crystal around the neck and hope for the best, or have some religious pendant that you hold on to and just wish for better days, Right? This is, all, this, is, this is all just fleeting. It's nothing. It's rather than we have this key. And if we'll just use the key, use your keys. Turn over to Acts chapter 12 for a moment. Acts chapter 12, this is a funny story. Peter just gets released from prison because an angel has come and visited him and set him free. He's been brought into prison because he's about to be beheaded. They'd already beheaded one of the disciples named James. And so Herod has just captured Peter, brought him in, and they're about to bring him out any time for execution. However, Peter has some kind of confidence about him and his relationship with God that he's asleep there in prison. I don't know if I could sleep knowing that any minute they're going to take me out and behead me, but I'd like to be like that. But he's asleep, so this angel comes and wakes him up and says, get up. And when he gets up, his chains fall off of him, and the door opens, and he walks out, and he's outside. And and the Bible says he didn't even realize that it's real. He thinks he's dreaming. And then we pick up in verse 11 of Acts chapter 12. It says, and when Peter came to himself, he said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together doing what? Say it real loud. They were praying. And Peter knocked at the door of the gate. A girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness, she didn't open the gate. She was so happy, she forgot to let Peter in. But ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, what'd they say to her? Well, this is what we've been believing God for, sweet Rhoda. Of course, go open the gate. This is what we were expecting. No, they said, you're out of your mind. What, were these, what, what was this prayer meeting about then? What kind of prayers were they praying? If it be thy will. What kind of prayer? Were they just hopeful, wishful, have no idea what the will of God is, kind of ethereal, vague prayers? Just to sound religious and maybe just because they were just simply afraid. I've prayed afraid before. Didn't get much results, but I've done it. And so they pray- said so they were gathered there praying. And Peter showed that they said, you're out of your mind. That's not Peter. Matter of fact, that's, it's his angel. Who's out of their mind? These people that have been praying are more apt to believe that there's a look-alike angel and a sound-alike angel to Peter than it being Peter himself. What's wrong with these people? They're not praying in faith. They're not believing. They're not expecting this. Mm -hmm. they haven't used their master key so when he shows up when the answer shows up they didn't know how to react to it they just couldn't believe it was real Hmm. hey let's not be too hard on them we've been not that far from that before have we huh 
you get, you get your prayer answered and you go, oh my God, it really, it really happened. I can't believe it. Well, what were you? What were you praying about then? <laughs> Aren't we supposed to believe that? Faith is what makes prayer work. Prayer don't make faith work then. It's faith that causes our prayer to have substance to it. Jesus said, Father, I thank you that you hear me always. Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came forth. Did Jesus drop his jaw on the ground? Oh, my God. He really did it. I am the son of the living God. Yeah, but that's Jesus, and you're you, Eric. I mean, we can't really expect. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can, because the Bible says that he's the firstborn among many brethren. So if he can talk to God like that, then I can, as a brother too, also talk, like, talk to God like that. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure that's what he expects me to do. I mean, Jesus did teach us to whatever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. I know, I, will, I hear your yeah, buts. I hear all that. You're, we're inundated with doubt to the Word of God. We're inundated with, with opposing just simply believing God. Mm. We're going to have to believe him. We're going to put our faith in God and believe that he really is who he says he is and we really have the things that he says we have and that we are who he says we are. And faith is the master key that opens you to those kind of realities. Faith in God. Matter of fact, Jesus said it simply. Before he said whatever things you desire when you pray, he gave us the master key and said in verse 22 of Mark chapter 11, Jesus said to them, have faith in God. There's your master key that will unlock to you whoever praying whatever. Galatians chapter 5 verse 6 says, For in Christ Jesus neither uncircumcision nor circumcision avails anything but faith working through love. See, love is what fuels that faith. Love is, that's why your faith won't work if your faith is all about greed. That's why your faith won't work if your faith is all about just you. Faith works through love, right? So you got to get your heart right on this deal. You have to get your motivation uh, right. You got to get things right in order so that you can allow your faith to work through love. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is a substance and it is an evidence. It is right now. Now faith is. That's not saying now faith is. It's saying now faith is the substance of things. So now faith is that which is hoped for. Hope is future, but faith is now. Faith is believing God right now. I believe that I have it. I believe that I have my healing right now. Yeah, but boy, you, are, you sure are sick. I, okay. But I have my healing right now. And see, what faith does is causes me to be able to pull from that spiritual blessing. <laughs> we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So then faith is what causes us to pull that blessing into the natural. See, there's this thing called seed, as she was talking today, seed, time, and harvest. Why is it that the Bible continually tells us to be strong or to take courage or to endure? Don't lose heart. 
For, for don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. For you have need of endurance. Hebrews 10, 35. You have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may inherit the promise. I think actually 10, 35 says, therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has recompense of great reward. And then the next verse says, for you have need of endurance. There's also another verse in, in Hebrews that says, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Yeah. All right? So there is a span of time that happens from the moment that you begin to declare the Word of God. You begin to believe the Word of God. How many of you know what the Bible teaches us about the spirit of faith? 2 Corinthians 4.13. Uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 4.13 says... Um, for the spirit, uh, we also have in the same spirit of faith, that's it. We also have in the same spirit of faith, as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So the spirit of faith is believing and speaking. Everybody say this with me. Faith has a voice. Amen. All right? Faith isn't just this quiet thing on the inside. Faith has a voice. There's a declaration to it. Jesus said, whoever says to this mountain, be removed. Right? And believes that whatever he says shall come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. So that faith has a voice. It's believing and speaking. If you, uh, Romans 10, chapter, uh, chapter 10, verse 9 says, uh, for, um, it says something really good. <laughs> but if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So we see how it works. The spirit of faith, believing and speaking. God told Abram that his new name is Abraham. Father is what Abram means. Father. And Abram had no children. And yet, he was called father. We got all kinds of names for that guy today. The guy who has nothing, but has a name that says he has something. I have no children yet. Me and Sarah, we haven't started our family yet. I'm father and there comes a time God changes his name to Abraham. So now it goes from silly to ridiculous because Abraham means father of a multitude of nations or father of a multitude, father of many. He has no kids, and now it's just gotten ridiculous. God's the one that changed his name. I want you to start saying you're Abraham. Now, how many of you know maybe today that this guy's going to get mocked, probably in the church more than anywhere else, because he sounds so outlandish by just simply saying what God has said. That's what I'm saying. You cannot depend on what other people think or say or you, you can't think about. It. You've got to be convinced of what God has said. And that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that Abraham was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Nobody else was going to say it. He had to say it. He had to just walk this faith walk. He was just out there in the, out there in the darkness, out there in that wilderness, just hearing this voice and just saying, yes, sir, I'll do that. Yes, sir, I'll say that. Yes, sir, I'll go there. He had to have looked like a lunatic. But he believed God. And sure enough, he had that, that boy, Isaac, that promised son. And the Bible says that in him, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And what God was really saying in Isaac, but ultimately he was saying Isaac is Christ. Because Galatians teaches us later on, Paul teaches us that he said, 
and to your seed. That is capital S, not to seeds, but as to that seed that is Christ. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, and you are all heirs according to the promise. Hallelujah. This is so good. What he's saying is, act like Abraham did. Children of Abraham, imitate your father Abraham. Despite what's going on out there, you say what God is saying anyway. You might be 100 years old wanting a baby. (laughs) I don't know if that's anybody here, but... uh, He didn't even consider his own body, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb, but just believe God. So don't wait for the circumstances to get right before you go, okay, yeah, I'll give this a shot. Because we're not looking for those moments of faith, it's a lifestyle of faith. I have my key, and every day, I'm going to finish with this, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews 11, 6. See, it's, it's, this, it's this span of time where we, we find ourselves in trouble. I was telling the earlier service, I was watching Fox News the other day, and uh, this woman was talking to this anchor, this, this uh, no, no, she's the anchor, he was, she was talking to the, the roving reporter. Uh, he was in Afghanistan giving a report on what was going on. It was nighttime over there, and so they have the window split, you know, they, they show her face and they show his face, and he's standing there with the microphone, and she asked him a question about the, the condition of what was going on and, and their safety, and after she asked, Bob, what's going on over in Afghanistan? Well, things are very uncertain over here. There's lots of struggle here, lots of fire, uh, 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 guns blazing and bombs going off, blah, blah, blah. Well, how about you and your, and your camera? Are you guys safe over there? Are you out of, out of the firing range? You have, seen, you, have been, you have seen this, right? And you're sitting there going, did he hear it? Did he hear it? Right? And so there's this kind of unsettling. You're kind of feeling sorry for both of them. You don't really know who to feel sorry for, the person that's waiting for the answer or, you know, or Bob who looked like an idiot standing there staring at the... <laughs> yes, right? That's what happens when you're walking by faith. So you declare it, you say it, you speak the word of God, you're pulling that thing out of the spiritual and into the natural, right into your situation. But then there's this span of time where you're like, did it work? Is this thing on? I mean, did... Did, is, is there any, did God really hear me? Did I, did I do something wrong? Did I just not say it right? See, this is where you start growing weary while you're doing well. See, after you've done the will of God, then you need endurance so that you can inherit that promise. Hallelujah. So it's this, this waiting. It's this, I know God's word is true, and so I'm going to live by faith. I know it's not about, well, if I can just get to church and Pastor Eric can lay hands on me, then I know I'll be healed. Or I know that if I can just get to that third song in worship, then everything's just going to open up for me and everything's going to be great. Instead of looking for this certain event to take place rather than this is how I live every day of my life. I walk by faith. I live by faith. Glory to God. Hebrews eleven six. 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Do you see how important faith is? You see why faith is the master key. It's impossible to please him. I don't care. I mean, you can be as desperate as you want to be. You can cry and you can be so needy. But without faith, you just got to get desperate enough. No, 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 no. 
Don't try that religious garbage with me. I have to believe God. I have to have faith. Because if I try anything outside of that, if I just get overly emotional, boy, he sure is passionate. Boy, he he sure is passionate about his trouble. (laughs) That's not what get God's attention. This little old lady, this little old lady that had it in her heart, if I can just get to Jesus, I know I'm going to be made whole. If I can just get there, I know I'm going to be made whole. She said it in her heart. And the Bible says this crowd is thronging Jesus, thronging multitudes of people all around him. Don't you know that there were lots of desperate people in that crowd that day? Lots of people with lots of needs. Why else would they be there around him? All they're crying out, what's the Son of God doing? He just keeps on walking. And they're crying out, my, my child's sick. Oh, Jesus, I got to need your help. And they're just crying, and Jesus just keeps walking. See, he's helping us understand something about him, that we don't come to him on our terms. We come to him on his terms. And all of a sudden, somebody reaches out and touches him on his terms. And he went, whoa. Somebody got what they were looking for. And it wasn't that Jesus was even giving it out. She took it from him. Because he's always giving. If his back's turned to you, if you believe, you'll get it. You'll get it. You'll get it because faith is what gives you access to it. She reached up and just grabbed it and said, thank you, I'll take that. He said, hey, who took that from me? I felt virtue flow right out of me. Who took that? Woo! See, God, God is, if he has a weakness, I think it might be this, that he just cannot resist faith. If he happens to have a weakness, and I don't believe he does, but if, if he never did have a weakness, it would be that he could not resist faith. It's like a kid in a candy store. Who will believe? His eyes are looking. Who's going to believe? Boy, I want to perform for somebody. I want my word to work in somebody's life. Who will just believe what I've said? Who's out there daring dog, daring enough? Hallelujah. To just say, I'll take you at your word, Jesus. I believe you. Who will be out there exalting his word above their own circumstances, above their own experiences? You know, if I, told, if I lay my hands on a per, a, a, every person from here forward, because I believe in laying on of hands and seeing the secret cover. I not only believe it, but I've actually experienced it. But ladies and gentlemen, if I lay my hands on people from here till Jesus comes and not one more person gets healed, I am not going to say, well, guess what? That's over now. I guess it just wasn't God's will. No, I'm going to be determined to believe Hey, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's what the Word of God says. That's what I'm going to believe. I will never exalt what I'm seeing, what I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing above what God has said. You have to keep the Word of God elevated to the highest place in your life. He said, my ways are higher. My thoughts are higher. And he's not doing that to us. He's not mocking us when he says that. He's not saying, I'm so much better than you. I'm so much higher. Mm." You lowly little dust-filled humans. No, he's saying, I have a place for you to believe. I have a thought for you to think. I have a way that you don't see, but this way is a way for you. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to encourage you today. You might be in a place where you have found that you are stuck against the wall and you don't see a way out of your trouble. You don't see a way out of your situation. But I want to encourage you, have faith in God. Believe God because Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Whoever believes in him. See, he is the way. And if you ever think, you ever come to the place in your life where you say there's just no way, then what you're saying is there is no Jesus for me in this situation. Because he is the way. 
And God knows about ways that you don't know, and he sees ways that you don't see. And all he's asking you is to use that master key called faith. Because there are doors yet to be opened. There are ways yet to be known. But you will not know them apart from faith in God. Every head bowed here for just a moment and every eye closed. Father, it is a privilege and an honor to preach your word. It's a privilege and an honor to teach your people how to walk by faith and to believe you. God, it is the it's the ultimate for my life to stand here as your emissary and as your, your son to deliver your life-giving word. Father, I understand that there are people here today that are hurting. There are people here that are in desperate situations that really do have needs that are beyond what they can do anything about right now. So, Father, we need faith to lay hold of what you have for us. Forgive. You know what? You're here this morning, and you, un- you understand right now that you have just, you've sold yourself short. You've believed the lie. You've been doubting. You've been fearful, and you've just given in to your circumstances. Just, you've just kind of thrown your hands up in the air and said, well, this is just my lot in life. And you've bought into the phraseology, everything happens for a reason, and case or right, it is what it is. All that worldly philosophy and garbage that's out there. But I want to encourage you to look up because your redemption's here. Your heavenly Father loves you, and it is his good pleasure to give you the kingdom and the keys to the kingdom. You might be here today and you say, I, I just need to start fresh right now. I love God. I know God loves me. I'm a child of God. But my gosh, I need help with my faith. I've tried to defend my faith and tried to act like it's all I needed when the Bible teaches me that I need to grow in faith. Now, if you're here today, just between me and you and God, nobody's looking around here. I want you to just acknowledge right now that you're starting new with God and simply believing him. By raising your hand, you're saying, I'm repenting right now, Pastor Eric. I'm repenting, Heavenly Father. I've bought into some junk. I've allowed my circumstances to fog up what I know to be true. Thank you. Thank you for for your honesty. Thank you. Father, bless these today as they make this decision. Lord, there's no condemnation. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus today. They're free in Jesus. Father, as they make this mind change, as they just simply change their mind, as that's what repentance means, to change the way you think, bless them in that decision. Open up the way to them. Show them, Father God, your great grace. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Eric, I'm not even part of what's going on in the kingdom of God. I'm not even in the kingdom of God. I'm on the outside. I have never accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I've never given myself to him and allowed him to be the Lord of my life. I've never accepted what he did for me at that cross, that he died for my sins. But today I want to be saved. Today I want to know God as my father, not as just some big judge at the end of my life. I want to know him as my father. I want to receive this free gift of salvation today. Is that you? Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. You're here today, and you say, I want to be saved. 
I want to know God is my father and heaven is my home, that when I close my eyes in death here, I'll simply wake up in heaven in the new reality of what life really is, everlasting life. Are you here today? I don't want you to leave here without knowing God. Because the truth is, life is uncertain. There are things out there in this world. This, this, we live in an imperfect world. But here's the thing. You can know that you know. In all this uncertainty, you can know that you know that heaven is your home. That God is your father. And that you're not just dependent upon this life being okay for you. But connected to a greater life beyond this. Just raise your hand here today. You want to be saved. It's this simple. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe that he died for you, for your sins. Believe that he was buried in a tomb and believe that he rose again three days later. You believe in him. It's that simple. You will be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Everybody looking up at me? Hallelujah. Be encouraged today. Be encouraged today. Amen. Amen. Increase. Grow in your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He's a rewarder to those who diligently seek. It's not enough to just believe that God is, but he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. All right? That is having this lifestyle of hearing from God, not just once a week at church or twice a week at church, but this thing is every day in your life. You keep yourself in the environment of his word. Speaking it, declaring it, believing God above all else. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand together. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Go to onecausechurch.com for locations and events. You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at One Cause Church.